Good morning and welcome to this next episode of Due North. I am your host, Pastor Timothy Gore. This is a ministry of Fremont Missionary Baptist Church, and it is August the 17th, 2019. Today I want to take just a couple of moments to talk to you about changing your mind. Changing your mind. I want to read to you a passage of scripture I found this morning in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, my brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. How are we going to do that? Paul tells us in verse 2 when he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. John Maxwell probably said it best when he said, your attitude determines your altitude. Whether or not you will rise above the circumstances of your life or you will sink below them truly depends upon the attitude on which you have. I'm reminded of the story of an elderly lady who took her grandson to church one day and when she walked in she saw one of the ladies that maybe she had had some problems with in the past and so they sort of faced off at each other in church and gave each other nasty looks so to speak and went by each other and after the service was over and they got back in the car the grandmother looked over at her grandson and she said I can't believe so and so have you ever seen such a look as she gave me before? The little grandson looked at the grandmother and said, Yes, ma'am, I've seen that look before. She said, Where? She said, I, he said, I saw it on your face as we were going into church that morning. And see, I, I think we may be guilty of creating our own environments. We, we cause it to rain and then complain because we get wet. Sometimes it is our attitude that creates the negative environment around us. And that is why I say today we need to change our minds. You see, if we are to change our environments, we must first change our minds. The Bible tells us this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, have the mind of Christ within you. That's a pretty big order. And, and we might well stop for a moment and ask ourselves this question, exactly what does that mean to have the mind of Christ? Well, we we could go on and on and on for weeks on that topic, but I want to deal with just a, a few things for you to think about this morning uh, that may help you with your mentality and the way that you think for today. Let me mention three things that would give you the mind of Christ. First, the attitude of gratitude. You, you need to have the attitude of gratitude. We, we live in a glass, half-empty society. We, we see what we don't have more than what we do. Uh, we worship at everybody else's altar. This is one of the problems I've got with social media. We only see the highlight reel. We only see the good parts of people's lives. And we find ourselves worshiping at their altars rather than ours and longing for what they have and complaining about what we don't. The truth of the matter is we, we have far more in our lives than we could ever possibly deserve. And we need to stop for a moment in this look at the blessings God has given us. Let me give you a challenge today. Spend today not asking for anything, but just giving thanks for everything. It, it can be an exhausting process, but it can be beneficial as well. 
Just start thanking God for everything that comes to your mind. For example, I, I got up this morning. There's a praise. I opened my eyes. I can see. Some people cannot. I can walk today and others can't. I'm breathing. There's a lot of people that would love to do that today. And, and so the list can go on and on and on. Why don't you just spend today being grateful? You won't have time to worry about what you don't have if you're being thankful for the things that you do. And so an attitude of gratitude can help us to have the mind of Christ about us. A, a second thing I want to mention to you this morning is have an attitude also of grace. And see, Jesus was always forgiving those who had wronged him. Even on his death of the cross, he was willing to forgive those who had nailed him there that day. What about you? Do you have an attitude of grace and forgiveness for the shortcomings of those around you? Can I challenge you today to extend forgiveness to those who maybe don't even deserve it? Because I can promise you this, neither do you. The truth of the matter is, we all fail. And if it were not for the grace of God, whatever you need to forgive them for, you'll probably end up doing one day as well. And so you need to be aware of the fact that you're no better than anyone else. And when we give forgiveness, it's just a recognition of the fact that we're no different than they are. And we're just as prone to fail as they are. So offer forgiveness because one day you may need it. The attitude of gratitude, being thankful for all that we have. The attitude of grace, extending forgiveness to all. The Bible tells us this. It says in the Lord's Prayer, it teaches us to pray this. Lord, forgive me the way I forgive others. That's, that's a big prayer. That we're asking God to forgive us the same way that we forgive others. What grudges are you holding on to? What, what pains are you still sleeping with at night that you're not willing to deal with? Give grace where grace is needed. It's not for their benefit, it's for yours. Set yourself free. Have an attitude of gratitude. Have an attitude of grace. And then thirdly, have an attitude of giving. Have an attitude of giving. Let me explain what I mean by that. See your life today as a gift from God to someone else. Invest in somebody's life today. Go over and speak to a coworker you normally wouldn't and encourage them. Go over and see that elderly lady that lives next door and pray with her. Speak to someone in the checkout line and tell them God loves them. See yourself as a gift to someone else. See everything in your life as an opportunity to share the grace of God with somebody else's life. Have an attitude of giving and investing in people's lives. So I guess the greatest thing we can possibly do if we are to change our lives, we must first change our minds and the way that we're thinking about things. So let's just take a moment now and pray and ask God just to change our minds and to help us to think like him. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your salvation who has, Lord, taken us out of darkness and put us in the light. But today we admit to you, God, that our thinking processes aren't the best. And sometimes we get bogged down with critical thinking and critical issues. And Father, today we pray you clear our minds, Lord that we can give you praise and have that attitude of gratitude and that attitude of giving and that attitude of grace about us today. May our lives reflect you because our minds are set on you. Father, help us today. Lord, just change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray you have a great weekend. Make sure you go to church 
tomorrow. Make sure you worship God like he so richly deserves. And we'll see you on Monday for the next Do North. Good morning and welcome to this next episode of Do North, a ministry of Fremont Missionary Baptist Church. I am your host, Pastor Timothy Gore, and it is August the 20th, 2019. I want to take a moment of your time, if I could, this morning and direct your attention to the idea of worshiping at your own altar. Worshiping at your own altar. Being satisfied with what you have been given from God. I want to draw your attention, if I could, to Exodus chapter 20. I'll be reading from verse 17. You'll find this passage familiar because it details for us what we know of as the Ten Commandments. Verse 17 says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or the manservant or maidservant or ox or donkey or anything that your neighbor has. Pretty much it's telling us that word covenant means to long for something that belongs to someone else. It was telling us that we need to be content with what we have. Now, why was it so important here for God to place this as part of the 10 most important commands that people could follow, not to covet what someone else has? I believe there's at least two reasons here. Number one, because it's part of the original sin. Now, when I say the word original sin, I'm sure that your mind goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, but I'm going back further than that. The Bible tells us that Satan was once a very high-ranking angel in heaven and that his greatest sin was to want to overthrow God and to take his throne. You see, so this idea of coveting goes all the way back to the activity of Satan as he wanted to overthrow God and have his position on the throne. Since then, Satan has always tried to make us dissatisfied with those things that we have. If you remember in the Garden of Eden, he whispered in Eve's ear and directed her attention to that fruit. The one thing that God said you must not touch was the one thing that Satan directed and said, see, there's something you don't have. So I think it was important for God to put this in the Ten Commandments because it is a critical sin in our life, and it is one that is driven by Satan himself. But then also, you can't count your own blessings while you are already counting someone else's. We can't truly be grateful as long as we're longing for what someone else has. And so in this passage of scripture, it tells us that we are not to covet. And it says we're not to covet a man's wife. And this could also be related and say we are not to covet a woman's husband as well. So single folks out there, let me just break this to you. God will never, never, ever give you someone else's spouse. You are not to covet what another person has. But then it goes on and deals with possessions, and it talks about his ox and his donkey and his house and all these other things. Here's what concerns me the most. We live in a world of social media. Places like Twitter and Facebook become altars for us, and we bow down to those altars, and we worship what other people have. Facebook is a highlight reel. It's a place where we put the positive things in our life. And oftentimes we come to believe that everybody else has more stuff than us or their lives are so much better than ours. And we find ourselves longing and unsatisfied for, with what we have because we want what they've got. This causes a struggle 
within our life as we're always wanting more. I remember hearing a quote once when a very wealthy man was interviewed and they said, tell me something. What exactly would it take to make you satisfied? You're one of the richest men in the world. What would it take to make you truly happy? And he said, just a little bit more. You see, that's the way it works. No matter how much you have, it's not quite enough. You always want a little more. The Apostle Paul said these words, I have learned to be content. I have learned to be satisfied in whatever state I'm in, whether in need or whether in plenty, whatever is happening, I've learned to be content with what I have. So in the end, I believe it's best that we just let everybody else have their own altars back and we go back to ours and we learn to be grateful for the things God has given us. Look around you today. Look at that family God has given you. Look at the health that you do have. Look at the glass half full rather than half empty and look at just how much God has blessed you with today. Oh, my friend, we don't deserve one single thing from God There's not one single way that we could work today to merit even a glance from our Lord. Yet he has blessed us with so many things. Give the altar back to other people and worship at your own. And give God praise for the great things he's done for you today. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for what you have given us. It is so much more than we could possibly work for or merit. Today, your grace is sufficient for the hour, and I pray that we might focus on those things that we have. Lord, don't let us focus on time that we lost, but time that we were given to begin with. Let us focus on the things that we have that we are so blessed with today. Father, lift our eyes and our attention to you, and let us truly count our many blessings today. We'll give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I pray you have a Jesus-filled day. I pray God's blessings upon your life, and we'll see you next time on Do North.